Welcome to the Decide Your Legacy podcast, helping individuals and businesses unleash their potential. Join us every episode as host Adam Gregg discusses what is holding us back and how to find hope for moving forward. Along the way, we discuss developing healthy relationships and navigating life transitions while overcoming fear, stress, and anxiety. Live the life you want, the legacy you decide. We were waiting in line in Rome to go and see the Pantheon, which was finished in 2680. It's actually older than the Colosseum, which was finished in 79 AD. And Emerson and I were in line, and she didn't necessarily want to go in at first because she felt like the line was kind of long. And I told her, I said, you know, the line's going to go pretty quick, and it did. But we were in line, and we were behind some Brits, and people from all over the world were there. And then Emerson, later in that day, she kind of shared because she got kind of overwhelmed while we were in line. And then it led to, I don't know, her being stressed. And then it kind of led to me being stressed. We went into the Pantheon. It was awesome, amazing. I can't believe they built that thing so long ago. But later on in the week, I think it was actually the next day because we were in Florence. And she said, Dad, I had some insight. You know, like when I'm in situations where I feel overwhelmed and out of control, I get really stressed. And I realized that I can do other things at those moments instead of just listening to my mind and this feeling about it, letting that thing overtake me. And so I was really impressed with that. Very mature kind of comment and everything. And so today we're going to talk about how to get your mind to shut up when it starts to go and talk and say all this kind of crappy stuff that we don't want to listen to. So welcome to the Decide Your Legacy podcast. This is episode 78. If you found this podcast helpful and you haven't already done so, and I know hundreds and hundreds of you listening to this and will listen to the podcast episode, this podcast episode and others, give it a rating and review on Apple or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast content. It helps it grow organically. So I know that many of you have not actually done that and it may feel kind of complicated to do so, but just pull out your phone, take 15 seconds, figure out how to do it so this can grow. And it has significantly. I told you last time that we had crossed the bear, a, a big milestone with this podcast recently, and I'm really excited about that. I want it to grow and reach more people so we can help more people. So a risk that I took recently, and I share risks that I take because I want you to do the same. Nothing is more damaging, at least not much, is more damaging to your mental health than avoiding and not facing your fears. And nothing is more helpful than actually facing things and not playing it safe anymore and getting out there and doing things that are different. So recently I went on a date that was on Saturday and it was a really great talk, a really great time, had a great person, everything. But I knew in my heart that it really wasn't the best fit romantically. And so I've become determined to communicate better in situations to not leave people hanging. Who knows? She may not like me. She probably felt the same way. I don't know. But anyway, my mind kept going off. Don't text her. Don't text her. You know, this avoid, avoid, avoid. That's what my mind will do because I don't want to I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings and I don't want to be hurt, that sort of thing. But I ended up saying, okay, and the next morning after the date, I texted, I said, hey, you know, I had a great time, enjoyed the conversation because she had texted me. You seem like a wonderful person, a wonderful mom. I don't feel like that we're the best fit romantically, all the best. And I thought maybe she would text back saying something like, you know, you butthole or whatever like this. But no, I mean, it was a really mature adult interaction. She said, you know, I feel the same way. And just know you have a fan, a new fan for your podcast and your content. And, you know, it was like, wow. I mean, this was like encouraged me the rest of the day because it was a really mature, healthy interaction. I didn't play it safe. She didn't play it safe. We both grew. We both learned. So I'm Adam Gregg. I'm a legacy coach. I'm a speaker, a mental health professional for almost 25 years, maybe over 25 years. I don't know. But for a long time, since 1998. So my life purpose is to help people and organizations find transformational clarity that propels them forward to face their biggest fears, to get out there so they can live and leave their desired legacy. 
I talk about things that you can describe to your six-year-old and they can understand the content. And I do that because I want it to be simple. I want to change my language so it's simple. I work on that. I don't always do that because I want you to be able to grasp the concepts in such a way that you can go convey them to somebody else and they're going to understand exactly what you're talking about. And I also want to mention to you that I'm a fellow traveler. I speak about things that I struggle with myself. Getting my voice in my head to shut up is not easy for me. It's a very active voice. I mean, it can see all kinds of crazy stuff there. And I want to help you to quiet that voice. This is not only a podcast you're going to listen to, but I want to challenge you to listen to it as a teacher. So some of the content today, something that's inspiring, you're going to teach to somebody else. That's the way it sinks in for you. When you listen as a teacher, it's going to sink in deeper. And this is the podcast that you do not just listen to. So let's go ahead and start with an action. I want you to think about something that you keep putting off that maybe you're afraid to do. It could be some social interaction. It could be some situation where you want to say no. It could be some habit that you want to break. It could be something that you want to start doing like tithing or something you want to start doing like working out or actually going on dates or something that you want to start doing like a hobby, whatever it might be. Maybe you want to start running or you want to stop, you know, procrastinating. I don't know what it is, but figure out, write down on your journal, speak into your phone, something you want to start doing you want, that you keep putting off. Okay, and now I want you to write down into your journal some of the things that voice in your head will say to you when you are getting ready or even thinking about it, thinking about contemplating doing this scary thing. Does it say that you're not good enough, that you're unworthy, you're stupid, you'll fail, they'll reject you, whatever it may be. And then I want you to actually write down too, what would success look like in this area if you addressed this situation or thing that you were putting off? What would success look like? Would you be calmer? Would you get the certain result? by addressing this situation? Would you just feel better about yourself? Or would success actually be not necessarily the outcome of addressing the situation, but the fact that you actually did it? Maybe that was that is what success would look like. But write that down, and as we go through this podcast, you're gonna unpack this more and think about how you can quiet that voice in your head. Well, why do we have this voice in our head? So I have a client that recently told me, she told me, man, thank you for recommending that book, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And I thought, man, I've recommended that book to you about a year ago. My dad did the same thing. He said, why didn't you recommend this book to me sooner? And I said, dad, I did five years ago. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. And he remembered then after I described it to him because this book, The Untethered Soul, it's not like the Bible. It's not like the scripture or whatever, but it describes the psyche in a way that really is easy to understand. It calls this he calls it this inner roommate or this voice inside your head. And the reason you have this thing that's talking all the time is because it's analyzing the world around you. And it's trying to actually analyze the world in such a way that gives you the best opportunity to succeed. Yet it's more often than not lying and self-destructive. And the reason it is, is because we form this voice based on our past and it can be past trauma, regret, things that cause us pain in our lives. And so this psyche forms to keep that thing that hurt us in the past from happening again. And so it starts to analyze the world and it never shuts up. And the more analytical we become, in fact, the higher level of intelligence we have, there's evidence that can point to us being more likely to have anxiety when we're highly intelligent. And so the problem is, is this voice forms in our head and it also forms because of externals in our lives, because we've been told by other people that our value comes from our job or our value comes from our work or our value comes from how many people like us on Facebook or our value comes from the affirmation we get from other people, which I like affirmation. I mean, I'm a sucker for encouragement and I like to say I'm a sucker for encouragement in a healthy way when people reach out and say, okay, I like your podcast or okay, that was very helpful content or I hear from clients probably every single 
single week. I've been doing this so long. I hear from people and they tell me, hey, thank you, or that stuck, or that was helpful. And that's so meaningful to me. I absolutely love it, but I have, I love it in a good positive way and I can love it in an unhealthy way too. Because I can love it because it forms my identity as being a helper. And I don't want it to be something that gives me value. I want it to be something that propels me to help more people. And it really does a lot of the time, but sometimes my motive can be can be kind of a little bit off and it can actually encourage me in an unhealthy way. And that's the ego. The ego, that psyche is also another way of describing it is it's going to tell you, you know, that you're, you're king of the world or you suck. It's not usually that middle ground. We have to intentionally step back from it to get that middle ground. And that's what talking back to the voice is going to help you to do. So what the problem is too, is that that voice then it talks is we, we take it as fact. We don't question it. You know, we believe lies, so the psyche is just talking and we're saying, oh, it must be true. It must be true. Oh, wow. You know, I am unworthy or I am going to get rejected or I'm not good enough in this situation. And so we end up feeding our anxiety unintentionally because it is this ambiguity, basically this, we don't actually define it. So we don't write it down. We don't put it on paper. It becomes this ambiguous thing that we don't define. We don't actually step back and say, oh my gosh, my psyche's talking again. I got to do something about that. I don't want to listen to that thing. And we become this kind of zoned out person who believes everything they think. Not a good place to be, not a healthy place to be. And then eventually, if you ask yourself the question, you know, what's the purpose of this voice in my head? Well, the main purpose is safety. It's going to keep you safe. We perceive that it's going to keep us safe. That's why that it feeds our anxiety, because it becomes this ambiguous thing. It also talks about this worst possible outcome, which feeds our anxiety, and then it leads to us wanting to avoid. So it propels us or compels us or tells us to avoid those situations that could possibly hurt us, which often, more likely than not, those situations are the ones that are going to help us grow and be better and do things different and change. So we can't listen to it. It's going to take us out of our zone of success and put us in this cycle of failure. It's going to put us in this fear cycle. And so there's really two critics. There's two voices, actually. So don't mean to scare you here, but the voice in your head, it has two different kinds of approaches. One is that it can become, and it's a critic and a judge. It's judging you or it's judging external. So that first critic or the first way you can look at the voice is like it's looking outside of ourselves towards what could hurt us. And it's analyzing and criticizing and judging those things, saying to ourselves, saying to us that that's going to hurt us. Don't do that. It's going to, you know, that's going to be very dangerous. Or it's this internal directed voice that's saying, you know, you're unlovable, you're unworthy, you're not good enough. Stay away from those situations. It's the same exact voice, but it has two different kinds of approaches. One is it's criticizing externals. One is it's criticizing you. It's judging you. It's this judgmental voice of everybody else, or it's this judgmental voice towards you. For example, let's say you were going to go and attend a new social event to meet new people, like a professional event. The voice could say externally, you know, you're better than those people. You don't need to go to that event. Man, you're so much further along in your business than them. What are you going to get out of that, out of listening to them? Like this arrogant kind of thing. It's this lack of humility kind of thing. Or it says, you know, you have better time. You have better things to do with your time. Or if it's this internal kind of towards you, it's going to tell you, you know, you're a loser. It's harsh. You know, you're, you're not good enough. You don't fit in with those people. You're not successful enough. Why go to that event, Adam? You're just going to get rejected. You're going to be embarrassed. Come on, stay at home, stay in your office, stay stuck. Or let's say you're training for a 5k doing something new. You haven't done it before. You're not a runner, but you want to go run this thing with your buddies on the 4th of July. And they've been asking you for five years and you finally said, okay, I'm going to commit to doing this. And that voice chimes in and says, you know what? 
people that run are silly. You know, why do they do that? That's just wasting time. What's, what's the deal? Running outside, that makes no sense at all. It can say those kinds of things. Or you're better. You have better things to do than train and take care of your health in this fashion. Go swim. Go do something alone. Don't do something in public like that. It's hot. You're going to sweat. Come on. Or that internal voice or the, the internal critic would say things like, you're lazy and out of shape. You're never going to get ready for that. You're just going to embarrass yourself. Or you'll be miserable training. You won't like it. Come on. Why are you going to put energy into training for something that's four or five months from now and make yourself miserable after work when you deserve to rest and watch Netflix and chill out and have a glass of wine or whatever you might do in the evening or eat, that kind of thing. So we watch the voice and the voice will do four different things. We are, we have four different choices, basically. And then I'm going to jump into the, to the actions you can take to shut that voice up. Okay. So you have four choices. You can just listen, take it as fact. A lot of people do that. I'd say 90% of people do that. They just listen take it as fact. It's just talking. Hey, come on. It must be. It's my mind. It's me, right? But that voice is not you. You can externalizing it space from it, or you can just say, hey, I'm going to listen to everything it says. That's what most people do. You can tone it down or turn down the volume, which can be a very helpful strategy. You can replace it with something that's truthful and accurate and hopeful and more, you know, it's something that's going to propel you forward or replace it with something even worse, man, something even worse by replacing it with like just filling it, feeding it, growing it, or you can just ignore it. You can distract yourself. So number one, first thing I encourage you to do to shut that voice up is be mindful of the voice. Be aware. So you step back from it. You can see in this video, I'm taking my hands, putting them in my face. I'm seeing everything. My hands represent that voice. Everything I look at is like through the filter of that voice. You know, I must suck. I must be unworthy. I'm going to fail or I'm better than those people. Or you know what? I'm, <laughs> they're not good enough for me. Why would I put myself out there and date? You know, they're not going to be good enough. That kind of stuff can be driven by the voice, arrogance, ego, all of that. You know, I'm not trying to bash anybody here, but it's really helpful to recognize that my fear is being fed by this inaction accurate psyche, this lying psyche of mine. So we can be mindful. We can step back and say, hey, this is what it's saying. So being aware, and it's a lifetime battle that this is how my mind is working and what it's saying to me in this situation. And I'm going to be aware of that and say, I don't have to react to that. I can respond. I can step back. I can even determine why it's saying those types of things because past pain trauma that we have in our lives, which can cause wounds that have never been healed. And trauma is like that. It's like we broke our leg when we were three years old or when we were six years old old or when we were 10 years old or when we were 15 years old or when we were 25 years old, whenever that traumatic event actually happened and it's been broken this whole time and now we're 45 and we're like, you know what? That leg is healed. But everyone around us knows it hasn't really healed. We're still limping. We're not our full version of ourselves. We're not living this life that we want to live. And so we're still broken and we have to re-break that leg to get it set again in place, which is painful. So that's why dealing with our past can be a, a very painful thing, but so incredibly worth it. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, I'm dealing with stuff even right now that happened when I was a kid that I wanted to put off and put off and put off, yet dealing with it has been tremendously helpful to me. And it's grown my confidence in ways that I never thought possible. And it's helped me to see why I react and I'm triggered by situations that I didn't even think actually triggered me, but have caused great destruction in my life. If I look back and say, oh my gosh, I hit out because of this. And this thing happened so long ago, so I've learned to deal with it and be mindful of that voice that chimes in and why. So it's very helpful. 
And then we can journal and write about it. No, here's what the voice is saying today. I encourage a lot of clients to just take a half an hour in the day and say, what are some of those thoughts about the world outside of you and the world internally about yourself that you've had? You start to be aware of it. Awareness is key. Awareness is insight. Awareness is growth. That's one of the ways you know you're going to grow in coaching when every session you start growing in insight and you have some takeaways. You may not feel like you're getting the results that you want right away, but you're growing in that insight all the time. So I had a situation where I was at church and I went to church and somebody came up to me and said, I love your podcast. And I'm like, well, thanks. Hey. And they knew me because of my voice. They knew my name and even how to say my last name the right way. And it just happened to be somebody that was a woman who, I don't know if she's single or not, but she appeared to be single and who I was like, wow, it was an attractive gal. And so that voice chimed in and said, wow, I want to talk to her again after the service. <laughs> I want to find out if she is single. And then it chimed in and said, you know what? She wouldn't like you. You're too old. She wouldn't like you. You know, she, now she knows all these vulnerable things because she's listened to your podcast. You don't want to actually talk to her. And who knows? I mean, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't even know much about this gal, but the voice was chiming in and I was able during the service to identify what it was saying and why. And a lot of it was probably pretty healthy because, you know, you can, you can be triggered by somebody and be triggered in a positive way and be attracted to somebody. And that can be good. A friend, it can be a plutonic thing, somebody that you want to do business with, somebody that you trust, but your gut instinct starts to chime in and the voice can chime in. And then you have to actually do a kind of battle with it and say, Hey, you know, the truth is this. And the voice is telling me this the voice is saying run, but I'm recognizing it. It's saying you're not good enough. It's saying you're not attractive enough. You you can't handle this situation or somebody, you know, you're going to let them down. They're going to see the real you. And then, you know, they're not going to like your podcast because then they see the real you and you're awkward. And so you start listening and identifying and being mindful of that voice. That's the first step. A lot of times that I take clients through when they're going to start becoming more mindful of that perspective that they have, because we don't have a lot of control over things in our lives. We do have responsibility over our thoughts and letting them just sink in and dwell on them and ruminate on them and our emotions, which come out of our thoughts, we have responsibility. We are response able. We can respond. That's what it is. It's not reactability. <laughs> reactability is like we have no control. It's responsibility. We have the ability to respond. And that's what you do when you start identifying the voice. The second thing you can do is you can do stuff to quiet the voice. And I love how this is described. A client told me about this book called Soundtracks by John Acuff. And I have started listening to it. I think I'm going to enjoy reading it more than listening to it. And it talks about in the book, and he described it to me that you can turn down the volume of the psyche. And it's stuff I've been talking to this client about for a long time. And it's stuff that we had discussed before a long, for a long time. And it was also very inspiring for me because a lot of times when we're in that moment where the psyche is talking to us and is chiming in and it's saying all these negative things about the world around us and about ourselves, we don't have awareness of it. And we don't have awareness of ourselves. We don't have awareness that's actually going on. And so a book that we start focusing on that's talking about these concepts can be extremely helpful because it's showing us that I have, like my client who said, boy, this book about the untethered soul that talked about the inner roommate, it was so transformative, even just the first three chapters, because it was telling me what I had known for so long. And it was the same thing with this client. He had been talking to me about these concepts, but reading in a book, and it's a book that he'd read a couple times now, I believe, this book Soundtracks, he was seeing that he has the ability, the responsibility, and the ability and the control and the power over his life to step back from these or turn the volume down on these negative thoughts about himself. So some of the things that he got out of the book, which I've talked to him about, but I mean, these are things actually that I'm just going to come up with right now that you can do to turn the volume down is you 
can just go on a walk and just notice the birds and the air and the feeling of the rain that it's coming down and you're getting out of your head and getting space and getting and being able to see and notice your other senses that are actually going to help you to see that you're not being, you don't have to listen to everything that's in your head. You can journal, which I've mentioned a number of different times. And one of the most popular episodes I've ever done is on journaling, which I'll link to in the show notes here if you want to check it out. And it's just some journaling prompts that you can check out and some tips on journaling because that can help you get space from the voice. It helps you turn the volume down on the psyche. You can work on a project. So you get a home project that you get zoned out in, and that can be very helpful. You can write someone a letter. I know I have had a number of people graduate in my family and then graduate from high school. I know that our friend, kids are friends. And just being able to write them a letter and think about a gift and send the gift and go through that process of you know praying for them and thinking about them and journaling about them and just having someone else to focus on outside of myself, it gets me away from my own emotions. It gets me away from that thinking, and I end up ignoring it moving forward, doing something productive. Something else you can do is listen to a podcast. You know, hopefully this one, and you can listen to it multiple times. It can give you some space from the voice to recognize the truth. You can read a book, and sometimes it's reading the same book over and over again because it's helpful to you. Maybe not over and over again like you're reading it 25 times, but maybe two or three times because it sinks in and it's helpful. And good literature is like that. It's going to give you perspective. And I know some books that I've read multiple times that have helped me to have good, healthy perspective. One is called The 4-8 Principle by Tommy Newberry. One is called The Magic and Power of Thinking Big by David Schwartz, old book, classic, great one, and another old book that I really like that I've read a number of times, which is actually probably the first self-improvement book that I ever read. Was It's called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers. Those can be very helpful. There's a number of books, some by Craig Rochelle, Pastor of Life Church, and one, I forget the name, but it's one that's been very helpful to a lot of my clients, and it's been helpful to me as well. You can call or text a friend, but you're doing things, actions that you're taking. And this is what Emerson shared in the line of the Pantheon. Well, actually, the day after we were in the line at the Pantheon, and she said, you know, I just need to do something different and not listen to that feeling of being overwhelmed. And really, in that context, it was like, you know, seeing the negative, the line's going to be too long, or, you know, this, I'm tired, or this day's going to go on forever. There's nothing really to see in the Pantheon. Then we go inside and it's like, oh my God, I'm so glad I walked inside of this thing because this is amazing. This is amazing. Oh my gosh. So you can do things to quiet the voice. So if you found this podcast helpful, hit the link to Shatterproof Yourself. You're going to get seven simple steps to better mental health. It's a video and workbook I put together just for you. Third thing to do to tell the voice to shut up, to quiet the voice is to call BS, call BS on it, you know, and you may have to do that verbally out loud. The BS is there. And if you call it out and say, no, that's not true. Nope. You're just, you're, that's my past, or you're just trying to keep me safe. I appreciate you trying to keep me safe, but I'm not going to listen to you. And there's a process in a therapy called internal family systems. that does has a good way of putting some context to this. I think it's a little complicated sometimes for me personally, but I know a lot of clients that I've said, or a lot of friends, people that have actually found some of the books helpful. I should refer and reference one of those books, but it's basically saying and talking and seeing that you, that you have this part of you that is that is fearful because of things you've been through in the past and you can say you know okay quiet down bs this is not true that's not accurate and then you can replace it with something that is true here is the truth you know i am lovable i am good enough i've done this before in the past so i'm getting ready to speak to a company on thursday and i'm really excited about it i'm talking about a lot of the same stuff it's a number of accountants it's think it's kind of the whole accounting firm and i'm pumped i mean because if i focus on the fact that this information can be life transformative and change their dna you know change their family tree it can help them to do some things they never would have done before and see and have some hope that they didn't have before and have some faith in themselves and believe 
believe in themselves. And that's just motivating to me. It's like, if I help one person in that room, it's going to be so important and so impactful. And, but that voice chimes in and I'm able to say, nope, that's not true. I am able to help people. I am good at what I do. I have information that's valuable. I've helped people before. I've had a great time speaking before. It's going to grow great. Even if I help one person, that's calling BS on the voice. So how are you going to call BS on the voice? Think about that. How are you going to call BS? What are you going to say? Maybe it's just shut up, shut up. You're doing it again. You know, you don't need to keep me safe in this situation. This is not a situation that I need your help in psyche. This is not helping me at all. So the fourth thing you can do action. You can tell, cause you can say, take, is you can show some self-compassion and by showing self-compassion, you start to speak truth to your psyche, to your inner roommate and telling it the truth in a way that's very compassionate. Like you're talking to a best friend who comes to you and says, Hey, I'm training for this 10 K and my negativity is chiming in. I don't want to do it, but will you help me be accountable? You can ask me whenever you want and I'll tell you how I'm doing training for this 10 K. And I'll tell you if I've been training or not, or if I've been talking negatively myself. And then if they come and tell you and say, Hey, you know, this voice in my, my psyche is telling me I'm a loser. I'm not good enough. I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm not going to be able to finish. I'm going to be miserable. Well, then you can speak to yourself compassionately and say things like, well, hey, you know, you have done things before like this in the past, or even if you don't finish, you're still a success because you've gone through the process and the joy is in the process, which is something I truly believe. It's not the result where the joy is found. It's the process that we go through being true to ourselves, keeping promises to ourselves, showing ourselves that we can actually follow through. The joy is in the process. That's self-compassion. You have a lot to offer. You know, the voice could be telling you that you're unlovable and you tell yourself compassionately, well, hey, some people are going to reject you. Sure. But are those people that you want to be your friends in the first place? Because there are so many people that do love and accept you just the way you are, Adam, and they see your value and your worth just the way you are. That's talking back to the voice, showing yourself some self-compassion. So you replace that voice with truth. So for example, if someone comes to you, your best friend says, hey, I want to go to this networking event, but I don't really, man, I, I just can't, I don't, you know, I keep having these thoughts that they're more successful than me and their businesses are further down the road and someone's going to ask me about my divorce and someone's going to ask me about my business and I just don't want to go. And they're honest with you and vulnerable with you. And you're one of their friends. You're in their posse, which like a posse. I like that word for a group of friends. It's like people with a common interest and common values that are moving in the same direction. And they're able to talk truth to you, but you're that person. You're that friend to yourself. And you're able to say, well, you have a lot to offer this group and you have been successful in your business and you've done these things and you can go and just learn. And who knows who you're going to meet there that you can help. And who knows who you're going to meet there who you can encourage. And if you just let go of it and trust God with it, like you've done in other situations and good things have actually happened. And I'm going to remind you, Adam, as yourself of these good things that have happened in these other networking events and these other speaking events. And that's that self-compassion right there. That's being compassionate to yourself. So let's go ahead. And I want you to think about what is something from today. And I'll go ahead and review, be mindful of the voices, the four actions that you can take to actually shut the voice up, be mindful of the voice do stuff to quiet the voice, to turn down the volume, call BS on your psyche, on the voice, on the inner roommate, and show yourself some self-compassion. Which of these resonates the most? And in the next 24 hours, I want you to teach one of these concepts, one of these tools to somebody else and to apply it to your life, take a risk, do an emotional-based risk based on something you've learned today. That's how it's gonna sink in. There's inspiration, 
and there's information. Remember, 30% of transformational change is going to be information. You have insight, you gain insight today in this podcast and that book you've read, whatever it may be, but 70% or more is taking some kind of an action. So who are you gonna teach this to? How are you gonna apply it in your life? Have me out to speak live or over Zoom. I would love to talk to your team about these concepts or other topics. You can see links in the show notes to other topics I like to talk about. And I'm gonna sign off today the way that I always do. Make it your mission to live the life now that you want to be remembered for 10 years after you're gone. You decide your legacy, no one else. I appreciate you greatly and I'll see you next time. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net.